welcome to the Open Government Podcast. I'm Richard Pietro. And I'm Samir Vasta. Each episode of the Open Government Podcast will bring you an interview with someone working on open government and citizen engagement in their community. And today we have David Raitt, who is British Columbia's Director of Citizen Engagement, which is another uh, great title for a public service position. But David also, very importantly, um, is a motorcycle rider like myself. So we, we had a chance to ride out a little bit while we were in Victoria. But more importantly, I suppose, David, we should get to it. And I ask you this question. British Columbia in Canada, at the very least, has been noted as one of the leaders in open government and open data in particular with your open data portal. Can you give us a little bit of the genesis as to how this all came to be and how you guys got to be the, um, the leader in Canada? Sure. Um, it, it began with a bit of a, a bit of a flyer, if you will, a, a pilot uh, where we actually ran an apps contest to see whether or not we could actually use data um, to generate public interest in a particular policy issue. And the policy issue we were facing at the time was climate change. And so we ran an apps contest that was focused on climate data and folks building apps that um, help people understand climate change. Um, it was a huge success, to be quite frank. And it gave us the, the proof uh, concept, if you will, that we, that we needed in order to move forward in an open, open, agenda, open data agenda. And so following on that, in the early 2011, uh, the Premier, um, Kirsty Clark, uh, announced part of her platform was open government. And so that basically gave us the, the green light to, to move forward with our open government program and, and obviously my, my passion for it, uh, the open data part of it. I love that this kind of came out of, a, as you say, a flyer of a, taking a risk or just trying something new. We often see that the public service is reticent to kind of try something new for the sake of trying. What what conditions existed so that you were able to do, do this kind of whole try pilot prototype things before you kind of scale them up? Um, it, the conditions are basically that uh, we did it until somebody said no. If somebody said no, we, we kind of we we went okay. Well, really, is that really? Do you really mean no, or do you just are you just saying no? Um, but but in this particular instance, we we knew that this would work, and all we actually needed to do was actually just prove it, you know, on the ground, if you will, in British Columbia. Um, there were other ideas around you know engaging citizens on climate action and, and climate change, but all of them felt really kind of ordinary, if you will. And so we thought, well, let's do something really different. And let's let's see if we can prove this idea, let this prove this concept here in British Columbia. Now, one of the, the things is we've been talking about open data and we've been talking about uh, apps, contests and things along those lines. But your title is that about citizen engagement. Aside from the apps contest, can you tell us a bit more about some of the, the ways the British Columbia government has opted to engage with its audience instead of just sort of spewing stuff at them like or, or creating contests? Like, have you tried other ways? Like, are you listening more than you're, you're, you're putting out there? Like, can you tell us that dynamic a little bit? You betcha. So the, the, the context for our group, and our group is fairly small, um, is basically we want to change the way that government consults or interacts with the public on policy issues. The normal model 
is, is where you know you gather a bunch of folks in hotel rooms. They sit on uncomfortable chairs for a period of time. The um, talking heads ask them questions. Uh, they write down a bunch of stuff. And then the people leave and go off into the back room. And then there is some policy pronouncement that's made about, you know, we're going to do, you know, we asked you about X and now we're going to do Y. And, and the thing that they're going to do doesn't resemble anything like the people actually were interested in or what they might have said. And so there's no, they have no stake in the game. They have no skin in it, right? So what we're trying to do is move folks further along the continuum so that they're actually involved in helping form the recommendations that go to government. And so we've done some pretty pretty groundbreaking work there. Um, we did a, a large consultation on liquor policy. So mm. the government of British Columbia needed to change and update its, its liquor legislation. And so we ran a public engagement, which involved uh, public meetings by the um, Minister of State, um, online presence where people could actually submit their commentary, um, as well as industry meetings where industry associations and, and, and retailers and whatnot could provide their ideas on what they felt they needed to change within the liquor legislation. It was massively successful. Uh, it was like hugely successful. I can't even tell you how successful it was. Wow. So we have that kind of an orientation going on. We also do things that are really focused where we have maybe a particular idea. So um, British Columbia is changing so such that our driver's license and our, our health care card become one. So we don't have two pieces of those, two pieces of identity. We actually have, they become one. Oh, that's a great that idea. Piece of identity, yeah. Within that piece of identity is also a chip, just like on your debit card. And we wanted to know what British Columbians felt about how we would use that chip. Like, what's the best way? What are the services we should approach in terms of engaging that chip, in terms of using it for identity and authentication? So we, we held a large um, consult, uh, consultation around that. We held a conference. We gathered um, about 36 citizens from around the province and asked them. And they literally wrote the recommendations to government. I was in the room when they read them. Wow. It was amazing. What were, what were some of the recommendations? They think that they, that they, they should absolutely, we should use it to, for them to be able to access their health care records. That was one that surprised me. I thought that they would shy away from anything related to health care. But they don't want it to be used as anything that has to do with money, mm. right? So for transportation, example, toll bridges, et cetera, here in the province, they don't want it to be used to pay tolls. Hmm. That's so interesting, interesting sort of dichotomy there, yeah. Yeah, totally. As, a, as someone who's just embarking on a big healthcare record data project, uh, we should talk after this. <laughs> <laughs> that said, um, yeah, you, I, I love these examples you've given. But, and, you know, to change the way we make policy, we also need to kind of change the way the public service thinks of that policy cycle and the service delivery cycle. And that requires internal culture change. So what, what have you had to do internally to work on that culture change to allow these kinds of things to flourish? We, uh, and I can't say I'm responsible for this, but we, I, I participated as a team member. We ran a, a series of Dragon's Dens. Um, the name is not original, obviously, um, whereby we had groups across government ask questions about, you know, this is, this is an idea we have. Um, can we, how do we, how would we go about creating a, a consultation that it wouldn't you know, approach this problem or this problem or this problem. And we had them work out like the full concept. What's the problem? How would you approach it? What are some of us, you know, the stakeholder issues you kind of encounter, you know, go the whole, the whole gamut. Now, it's an interesting sort of segue I'm going to try and do here. And I'm still practicing my sort of co-hosting skills for podcasts, but 
this culture change, I think, relates a little bit to this element of creating trust between people and their government. At least that's the purpose in my eyes, is this culture change is to create a little bit more trust between government and citizens. You had a wonderful sort of equation of what trust is. And I'd like for you to share that equation with us because it's it's very unique, I think, in its in its perspective. Sure. So trust is usually um, framed as a very positive thing. And my perspective is trust is actually not positive or negative. It's actually neutral. The word trust is neutral. But what trust engenders is essentially the repeated demonstration of expected behavior. I you love trust that, that, you know, Mary is always going to be late. That's a bad thing. Being late is presumably a bad thing. Or I'm going to trust that, you know, Richard is always going to be on time. That's a good thing. But the fact of the matter is you're talking about an expectation of some kind of behavior. And the behavior is the positive or negative thing. The expectation is neutral. It's so true. And like I said, I love that the way you define it. And I want to make sure it was part of this episode here today because it's so relevant. Uh, a lot of people have this expectation of government that they don't have their interests in mind or, or that they're not going to do it right and I love how you guys at the at the BC Open Data and and the Open Data Portal team are really trying to change that around and, and change that expectation around. So thank you, David, for for being part of that team and joining joining us today and sharing your stories. Thank you for asking. That was David Rape from British Columbia on the Open Government Podcast. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll be back soon with our next interview with someone in the Open Government community. If you've got any questions about today's episode or if you'd like to say anything to David directly, uh, you can reach him on his Twitter handle. David, can you please share with us your, your, your Twitter handle? Sure. I'm David underscore uh, initial R and the number eight. There you go. David Rate <laughs> in a very uniquely written way. The hashtag for our podcast is OGTPod. My Twitter handle is at Richard Pietro. Mine is at Vasta, and Keith McDonald had the music for the podcast. Catch you all on the flip side, folks. Thanks for listening.